Welcome to The Organic Buzz, a podcast where reducing toxins and navigating the wellness culture meets intuitive eating and ditching diets. We will be deep diving into raw and honest conversations on navigating your health, your body, your entire life, not by how it looks, but by how it feels. I'm your host, Amanda Murphy, and I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor, therapist, yogi, aspiring beekeeper, and I'm super obsessed with a simplified, low-tox way of life. I'm here to help make low-tox, sustainable living simple, fun, and fitting for everyone and every budget. So let's dive in. The health and wellness industry can have us feeling just downright exhausted and overwhelmed to the point that we just throw our hands up and we say, forget it, because we are just bombarded from every which way, every direction with tons of different health information and it's conflicting health information from so many different professionals with different credentials, people who were not really sure, do you really have credentials? Are you a professional? Is this a degree? Is this a certificate? Should I trust you? Should I not trust you? You know, trying to decipher between people who want to make money off of us versus people who have good intentions from diet culture in disguise to just downright everything. We have the holistic side of things. We have the more natural pathic medicine, the root cause medicine, you know, the herbs, the, the, the root historical mother nature way of doing things to more supplements and testing and Western medicine and all of it. And you're just left with WTF, what do I do? What do I believe? Because there's just so much information, right? And I get it. I totally get it. And I am right there with you. There has been numerous upon numerous times that I'm just like face palming myself and just like, okay, what, what do I believe? Well, let's just kind of unravel some things. Let's talk about how you go about figuring out what feels right for you. Now, here's the thing. No one person can tell you what to believe. That is first and foremost. No doctor. It doesn't matter what their credentials are. It doesn't matter if they spent 12 years at a university or six months in a certificate program. They all have great information to give you, right? But it is up to you to decide what to believe and what feels good and what feels right for you. There is not a single human being on the planet that can tell you how to eat, what is best for you, what is healthiest for you and everything in between. And I think that's really what the most challenging thing about our health and wellness industry and just being a human trying to be healthy these days is because we do turn to someone else to give us those answers. But since all of the places that we turn give us different information and health is not a one size fits all, which we'll get into that more as we go along. But despite what we're portrayed and what we're kind of believing up until this point, health is not one size fits all. So nobody can just tell you X, Y, and Z is best for you. And then it's best for everybody. So health is very individualized. It's very unique to every one of us. And we have to be the pilots and the masters of ourselves because there's not one professional who knows us better than we know ourselves. So 
that is the most important thing that I could probably ever share with you is to be the pilot of your own body, of your own health journey, of your whole entire life. And as a certified intuitive eating counselor, that is something that I, I personally always come back to. No matter what I've tried, no matter what I've kind of believed or dove down the rabbit hole of, I always come back to, you know, I have to ask myself, does this feel good to me? I have to be intuitive and I have to listen to what my core, my nervous system is telling me. It is a lot of trial and a lot of trial and error. So that is just one thing we will always come back to. I will always come back to and I will always share with you as something you should be always coming back to as no matter what you try, no matter what rabbit hole you go down, whatever education you're provided with, always be your own intuitive pilot. So let's take a look at this a little bit deeper. We have a healthcare system that so many of us nowadays call the sick care system. And I have to say, of course, modern medicine, procedures, surgeries, all of it has such a profound place in our healthcare system. Without a lot of these modern technology advances like cancer treatments and brain surgeries, medications, antibiotics, vaccines, you name it, we probably wouldn't be as healthy of a nation as we are today. I think it's so hard for anybody, no matter what you truly feel about any of that in Western medicine, from vaccines to antibiotics to procedures, surgeries, whatever, we can all agree that there's a lot of people who would be worse off without some of those things. Now, that's also to say, because I personally, my personal belief is there is a huge place for modern medicine but it's very small and it's a lot smaller than I think we give credit to. And so we're going to dive into that, of course, too. But why that is, is because it is not one size fits all. Health is not a one size fits all. And we look at all these health professionals who have a very narrow window of expertise, right? And I think part of the problem is, first off, we're, they're not taught a lot of information. They're not actually, I mean, that might sound surprising, but they're not taught a lot of information. They spend hours upon hours of um, clinical training and education throughout those years and years that they go to school in the universities and then in um, the field because they have to undergo residencies and, and all of that for years, they learn a lot, but they learn about a lot about protocols about X plus Y equals Z. And so, for example, when different people come in and they present with hypothyroidism, you can have 10 different people present with hypothyroidism and that, the, that doctor and most doctors are going to just say, okay, you know, X is hypothyroidism, Y is what is missing, causing your hypothyroidism. So, X, Y, now we have Z, which is this medication that I'm going to provide you, and that's going to fix your problem, right? Okay, so that's the way in which our modern medicine operates. And for a lot of us, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, it definitely has its place, but there's so many more factors that contribute to a person's hypothyroidism. So you might have 10 people that end up with hypothyroidism 
but how did they end up with hypothyroidism? What caused their hypothyroidism? What is contributing to the severity of their hypothyroidism? Because I promise you, not every single one of those 10 people developed hypothyroidism for the same reason. And they are not experiencing the exact same symptoms with their hypothyroidism, even though on paper, after some testing, they present with hypothyroidism. So why do we all treat each one of those people the exact same way? But that is what we do in our modern Western medicine. You have this issue, we're just going to treat it with X protocol. And so we have to be our own advocate to take what we need from these health professionals. So when you have uh, an issue or you have an illness or maybe you have a chronic illness, it is our responsibility to be our own advocate to look at different areas of our lives and of our health and seek out what we feel we need. So if you are going to a professional sticking with this hypothyroidism example, you might see one doctor for your hypothyroidism, but you're not going to see that same doctor. Maybe he's a general physician, maybe he's an endocrinologist. However, you're not going to see that same physician for every aspect of your health. You wouldn't see that same physician if, say, if you're a woman, you're not going to see them for your reproductive health, for your female reproductive health. No, you're gonna go see a, a gynecologist maybe, or a different physician altogether. Um, you know, you're just not. So we have to be our own advocates. And even more than seeing different people for different areas of our health and our day-to-day -day wellness, <clears throat> We also have to be our own advocate. I can't say that enough. And I'm not trying to get these doctors off the hook. But again, they are their own expert in a very small sliver of health and wellness. And nobody knows your body best. And I think we are caught up with giving these doctors too much of a, basically putting them on like a pedestal in a way. But... <clears throat> excuse me, putting them on a pedestal because we're going there expecting them to kind of just fix everything and they can't. No one doctor can. You know, you wouldn't go to a podiatrist to get nutrition information. You just wouldn't, right? And so it doesn't really work that way. We have to be our own advocate. Now, again, not getting these doctors off the hook and not making excuses for them because we absolutely need to do better in having these different individuals who are very much professionals in the Western medicine portion of our health and wellness to know better, to know more, and to actually teach these, these individuals, these professionals, that yes, while you have your specialty, you are operating from a place of Western medicine, um, modern American medicine, whichever you want to call it. But while you're operating from your scope and your sliver of it, you also have to understand that one person is, is so different from another. So when you see patients, you can't treat all of your patients the same as each other. You have to look at the person as a whole and you have to look at the, at the health and wellness of each individual as a very, very multifaceted thing because it is it very much so is so when if you do have hypothyroidism you go to your physician for hypothyroidism treatment that medication may be something you have to take long term it might be something short term it just depends on hey 
what else is going on in my body, what may be contributing to the cause of my hypothyroidism. And, you know, there's just so many different avenues that we go down. And so part of it is that we go to these professionals, we get that treatment, say, for hypothyroidism, and we stop there. We never stop start to look at other things. We don't get down to the nitty gritty of, of, okay, is there something underlying? Is there a root cause to this? And that's what I think is fabulous about some of this new wave, we'll call it health and wellness culture, because we are hearing more and more about the root cause and root cause treatment. And root cause treatment has its place in our health and wellness, just like modern Western medicine does. But it's not something we should go down completely alone. And that type of root cause portion of the health and wellness culture is really been taking off lately. And it's, I believe, the most overwhelming portion. Because modern Western medicine is more cut and dry, you know, it is more protocol based. It's problem equals treatment equals symptom masking, basically. And for just preference sake, just so you kind of get an idea of maybe my opinion, not that you shouldn't have your own opinion, but my opinion is that America's health health industry or healthcare system is more of a sick care system because we are just masking symptoms rather than um, actually finding true wellness. We are just treating problems with pills and procedures and and whatnot rather than finding true long-term recovery or something that actually is helpful and, and fixing or treating the illness or symptom without causing more issues because, you know, of course it's great that, you know, people with hypothyroidism can get a medication that basically saves their lives. And, you know, if that's what they need to save their lives for the rest of their lives, then no matter what they do, if they cannot find any other treatment or anything else contributing that and, and, you know, be able to come off that medication, then by all means, that is great that we have that medication. But of course, with all medications come side effects. And then it's at what point are you just using more medication to manage those side effects? And I mean, that's a whole other rabbit hole. But all of that to say that I do think it is more of a sick care system where, hey, you're sick, you're going to come in and we're going to treat the symptoms of your presenting illness. So, you know, while it does have its place, um, it's definitely very limited. And it definitely has a lot of room for improvement. Um, However, this root cause portion of the wellness industry is even more so confusing. It is probably the most overwhelming portion of health and wellness to date. Um, you know, you'll you'll hear people who are promoting veganism and vegetarianism, but then now this this new wave I've been hearing of people who are saying that we should only be eating solely meat and um, you know, different things like lectins and certain vegetables are not that great for you. Um, you know, some people are saying that you should avoid dairy. Other people are saying there's nothing wrong with dairy. Some people are promoting gluten-free. Some people are saying like gluten's completely fine. Um, and it's just so hard to know what to believe. And then there's all these different tests. You know, people are now um, not diabetic, but they are wearing continuous blood glucose monitors. We are talking about 
having individuals pay attention to their blood sugar and balancing their blood sugar, even if they've never been diagnosed with diabetes um, or anything of that nature. And there's just this, this uptake of different tests for different things. You know, there's hair mineral analysis tests. There's, you know, the Dutch test, which is a test using different um, urine samples. Then there is, um, stool samples and testing for mold and there's just so many different tests and then there's these practitioners who call themselves um or well, I shouldn't say they call themselves but they go through different courseworks to end up being credentialed as a functional diagnostic nutritionist or something similar and they actually help run these tests and get down to what they say is the root cause and it just can be so all over the place as to, well, what the hell do I even believe? Like, do I need to do all this? And sometimes it can feel very restrictive and very overwhelming. And by sometimes, I mean a lot of the time. And so that is where you're going to have to really decide for yourself. That is when I'm going to come back to you and say, you're going to have to take everything with a grain of salt, trial and error. And, you know, the thing with all these tests, the Dutch tests, HTMA tests, which are hair mineral analysis tests, um, you know, just whatever, different kinds of tests. If you're not diabetic, but you decide to give it a go with a continuous glucose monitor, that is nothing is bad. Nothing is harmful. Nothing is truly a waste of time because all of it can be very much so just information. Now, we do always have to question the validity of tests because there is this huge wave of um, like food sensitivity tests and, um, you know, I have read a lot of different things and I would personally question some of the validity of these tests. However, some of them, I feel like there is some merit and they do actually provide us with good information. However, even if we go and you get all these tests and you get all this information back at the end of the day, how your body feels is literally all the proof you have to go off of. So, and I can, I can just say that for personal example, um, I have had to question different tests that I have gotten and not knowing which way to turn as far as what to believe. I literally just have to decide, okay, I'm going to try it. Um, like right now I'm honestly in the, um, middle of, giving up gluten for uh, some time and really just seeing how my body reacts and how I feel and going from there. And is it something that I'm going to sustain for the long term? It depends. Depends how I feel. Um, I've taken tests that indicate that I have non-celiac gluten sensitivity or according to these individuals who helped interpret my test results, basically they don't say that it's um, a possibility. They say it's, it's definite that I do. However, I've never felt issues consuming gluten. So really, how am I going to know unless I give my body time to um, get rid of the gluten, to no longer put gluten in my body for some time and see how I feel? That is like the tried and true example like that I can give you of you really are just going to have to try sometimes different things and to see how you feel. 
Um, and of course, different testing like blood work from our doctor and these different tests that we can take definitely show us information and really help us get a better picture of what's going on in our bodies and to help us make better choices with what should be my next step? What should I do? What shouldn't I do? What supplements should I take? Because truth is, I don't feel anybody should blindly go in and take supplements. But it also can be very hard to get all these testing to know exactly which ones I should and shouldn't be taking. However, I definitely never recommend somebody just blindly going in and taking multivitamins or different supplements. And that can be crazy too. I have tried that and it doesn't work. Um, coming off hormonal birth control almost two years ago, it's a year and a half ago. And right afterwards, after being on the hormonal birth control for 15 plus years, basically more like 20, 21 years, my body had no idea how to function off of that. So I read all the books, listened to all the podcasts and thought, okay, I'm going to give myself these supplements based on these quizzes and these information that I've read. And I did, and it was fine for a while, but then I started feeling like, okay, something's not right. So I stopped taking some supplements and things got a little bit better, and, but things just still are always changing. And based on test results that I've gotten since then, what I was doing when I first started taking supplements really is a no-no. So we can do ourselves a lot of injustice and actually put ourselves in a setback by going in blindly with supplements. So... If someone just tells you to take something and they really have no way to know for sure with no testing or there's not some real big reason why they're suggesting it, um, it's hard to just take some blanket information and just apply it. I mean, when it comes to supplements, that is. Uh, so that is some a little disclaimer, too. I definitely don't think anybody should be going in blind with supplements. But that is a digression. I'm kind of veering off to left field. But let's come back into what we're talking about. So all of that to say, how the heck do we know what to really believe? Well, you just got to try. You have to try different things, read the research. And when it comes to reading the research, you have to find and dig sometimes through the crummy research and the blog articles and people just portraying their their opinion and find the facts, the evidence-based backed information. And that can be a little bit trickier to decipher sometimes. And so even then, even then, even with scientific evidence-based practices, you still have to go ahead and try things for yourself and see how you feel. And I'm always going to come back to the component <laughs> tried and true that if something causes you more stress mentally and emotionally, it's doing you harm. Like it, it, it should not be that stressful. And sometimes we have to endure a little bit of stress or, you know, that's just an normal part of life. I get it. But if something is heading you down the road of a very unhealthy level of stress, anxiety, unhealthy behaviors, disordered behaviors in any way, shape, or form, then you need to X day, forego it, turn the choo-choo around, and try something else. Or stop doing whatever it is that you're doing that's yielding that type of stress and anxiety because that is not healthy for your body in any way, shape, or form. Any way, shape, or form. So... Another little avenue that I want to talk about while we're on this topic is all of these new things and in this, I will say, root cause medicine or this holistic medicine 
um, approach, holistic wellness approach, you know, people are talking about different things that are more of like a new wave type of information, such as seed oils being inflammatory, gluten being an issue for almost everybody and it being very inflammatory, things like that. Well, people always say, I shouldn't say people as in like everybody, but there are a huge chunk of the world who says evidence suggests, right? And we can apply this to everything. So those are just some examples I've given. We can apply this to veganism. We can apply this to the dairy. We can apply this to people who are saying that our, our, we should be eating mostly meat and mostly only meat. We can apply this to anything and everything. However, there's people who will say there's not enough evidence about something, whatever it is. Well, there's not enough evidence. Okay. Well, when people say that, I kind of laugh. Well, actually, I really do laugh because that's kind of the same thing as people who are trying to push something as a causation when really it's a correlation. Correlation doesn't mean causation, but correlation correlation doesn't necessarily not mean causation. So again, you just kind of have to leave it up to yourself to figure out what works for you and what feels right for you. But when people say there's not enough evidence to support it, that doesn't mean it's not true. Okay. At one point, people smoked cigarettes and actually thought it was healthy. There wasn't evidence at that time to show what we now know as cigarettes are completely disastrous for your health, disgusting, and just no way, shape, or form are contributing to your health in any way. All they do is negatively impact your health. Firsthand smoking and secondhand smoke exposure. We now know that. But there was a point in time where people thought smoking was healthy, was perfectly a-okay. So over time, what had happened is more and more testing, more and more education, more and more research, so that eventually here we are in 2022 with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of research studies, education, testing, and we now know what we now know about cigarettes. So, and I don't really know how much of a better example I can get than that. Maybe one day we'll have enough information, enough evidence, and enough scientific studies to say, you know what, I know we said seed oils were inflammatory, and there was some indication, there were some studies that show a correlation, but hey, you know, that was when we had 10 studies. Now we have a thousand, and out of a thousand studies, really, it looks like seed oils are perfectly fine. Go right ahead. Go ahead and eat them. Okay? Maybe, maybe not. All we know is what we now know, and we can only make inferences, we can only make opinions, and we can only take action based on what we now know. So just because someone is saying there's not enough evidence, or there's very little evidence, or maybe they are even showing you that they're even trying to say that there's no evidence, take that with 10,000 grains of salt, okay? Because that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not true. It is up to you to decide, do I want to consume seed oils? Do I not want to consume seed oils? Give it a try. Eliminate seed oils from your diet for a couple weeks, six weeks, five weeks, four weeks. See how your body feels. Reintroduce them and then see how your body feels. Be intuitive with yourself. Intuitive eating literally is amazing. Evelyn Rush or Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush, who have 
pioneered this research are tremendous women and advocators for the anti-diet movement. But I do not want you to think that intuitive eating stops just with diet culture, that once you break up with diet culture, healed your relationship with food and your body a, a bit, that that's where it stops. Intuitive eating continues on well after breaking up with diet culture. It is something you should hone in on true and true time and time again until your last breath on earth because it is how you're going to stay your best, how you're going to feel your best by listening and being intuitive and figuring out what feels good and not just with what you're consuming and what you're eating and what you're putting in your body from a nutrition standpoint, but what are your behaviors day to day? What does your sleep patterns look like? What does your exercise routine look like? What habits are you getting into with maybe uh, alcohol or with, you know, watching TV or do you have hobbies? Whatever, you name it, your social interactions with others. What is your stress levels like? You name it, anything and everything. You need to be intuitive and checking in with yourself all the time to figure out what exactly is contributing to how I feel and is it making a positive impact or a negative impact? And, you know, looking at our lifestyle as well as our physical health, these lab results, these tests, how I feel after I eat a meal, how do I feel after I get three hours of sleep versus 10 hours of sleep? All of these things are different components of our health. These are all things we should be taking note of because when we do go to our doctor, we need to know this information so we can better be an advocate for ourselves with our healthcare providers. And same thing with, you know, maybe you do seek out the help of someone who is a functional nutrition, um, God, what is, I'm, I'm fumbling over their credentials, a functional diagnostic nutritionist, I think it is, or some, there's some similar credentials too, um, but someone who's in that realm, maybe you do employ their help with some testing and some education and information, or maybe you do see just anybody else besides your general physician. But point being is all of this information makes up who you are and makes up your health. We are not what we do one time. We are what we consistently do. And so when you know all this information about yourself, when you know you better, then you can advocate better for yourself and get the help and information and treatment from these different individuals better. It's all just better when we encompass it all. So it's not necessarily either that, hey, this portion's bad, this side is good, this is crap, that's not. We all have to look at it as they all play their part and they all have their role in our health journey, but they are not the pioneers, I am. And when it comes to figuring out what to believe, that is up for you to decide. And I really, really want you to feel like nobody has that answer. Don't let anybody make you feel like there is black and whiteness to the health industry and to your health because there is not one way is right, one way is wrong. Intermittent fasting might be great for somebody and might not be good for you. Somebody might stand try and true on the fact that intermittent fasting is one of the worst things you could do for your hormones as a person, but as a woman, as a female, but it's okay for men. Some people might say it's great for everybody. Okay, that's fine. But guess what? It might be for them, but it might not be for you. Whatever it is, you can fill in the blank and apply the same thing. What is great for all or for one is not good for all. It's so individualized. And that is the trickiest part. That is the trickiest part. And, and that is why 
a lot of times I think people give up because they are looking for people to give them an answer. They are looking for people to say, hey, here's X, Y, and Z, do this, do X, Y, and Z, and you're gonna be great, your problems are gonna be solved, we're gonna feel better. It doesn't work that way. You have to be the pioneer of your own health. You are in the driver's seat. You're the only expert of you. Nobody else is. The one thing that you know best in life is you and how you feel. And that's the tricky part when it comes out. So I will not make this any longer. That was a lot. I know it was. If you have any questions, if you want to continue the conversation with me, I'm always an open door with my open door policy. You can email me at theorganicbuzz at gmail.com or you can reach out on Instagram at theorganicbuzz and we can continue the conversation or I'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions. Again, none of this is medical advice. None of this will take place of, you know, meeting with a tried and true professional, medical professional, anything like that. I am a certified intuitive eating counselor by trade. So yeah, remember that. And until next time, loves. 